0: Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor SF Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. Today we look at Being and Nothingness by Jean-Paul Sartre. In this video we look at some of Sartre's most provocative formulations, which are no mere paradox mongering. The human being is what it is not, in the sense that, as agent, I am my relation to my unrealized possibilities, the action I am embarked on but have not completed, and is not what it is, in a sense that, in adopting the standpoint of freedom to my possibilities, I posit my differences from my past and the facticities of my situation which make up what I am so far. Stick around. Till the end I will share with you some tools I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management. Being and Nothingness is not only about human freedom. It is a text that it is plainly obsessed with the question of freedom and its meaning and it organizes all its many topics around it. In relation to freedom, it is less concerned about solving the traditional problem of freedom and determinism, and more concerned about understanding what is contained in the ordinary assumption of human freedom in the variety of ways it manifests itself. For itself's being is knowledge of being but we will add that there is a being to that knowledge the for itself's being is identical with the being of knowledge but that is not because knowledge is the measure of being but because the for itself becomes acquainted with what it is by the in itself or in other words because it is, in its being, a relation to being. Knowledge is nothing other than the presence of being to the for itself, and the for itself is only the nothing that actualizes this presence. In this way, knowledge is, in essence, an ecstatic being, and it thereby merges into the for itself ecstatic being. The for itself does not exist in order subsequently to know. Nor can we say that it is only is insofar as it knows or is known as that would make being disappear into an ordered infinity of particular instances of knowledge. Knowledge, which is intermediate between being and non-being, directs me to absolute being when I want it to be subjective, and when I believe I am grasping the absolute, it directs me to myself. The very meaning of knowledge is what it is not and is not what it is. For to know being as it is, it would be necessary to be that being. But there's only an as-it-is, because I'm not the being that I know, and if I were to become it, the as-it-is would vanish, and I would no longer be able to even to think it. The realist who believes he apprehends the other through his body, considers, therefore, that he is separate from the other, as one body from another body, which means that the ontological meaning of the negation contained in the judgment, I am not Paul, is of the same type as of the negation containing the judgment, the table. Is not the chair. In this way, as the separation of consciousnesses is attributed to the bodies, there's something like an original space between the different consciousnesses, which is to say, a nothingness that is precisely given a distance that is an absolute and passively undergone. Of course, idealism. Reduces my body and the others' body to objective systems of representation. For Schopenhauer, my body is nothing other than the immediate object. But we do not thereby eliminate the absolute distance between the consciousnesses as a complete system of representations. In other words, Each monad can be limited only by itself. It cannot maintain any relation with anything other than itself. For the idealist and for the realist, a conclusion is imposed by virtue of the others' being. Revealed to us within a spatial world, there is a space, real or ideal, that separates us from the other. The being of consciousness, of self, could not be defined in terms of knowledge. Knowledge begins with reflection, but the reflection-reflecting play is not a subject-object dyad, not even implicitly, and it does not depend in its being on any transcendent consciousness. Rather, it's made of being, is precisely to be in question for itself. The relation of the reflection to the reflecting was in no way a relation of identity, and it could not be reduced to Hegel's ego equals ego, or I am I. The reflection produces itself as not being the reflection, where what we have here is a being that annihilates itself in its being and which tries in vain to merge into itself as itself. We succeeded in reading the pure, unreflected consciousness of the transcendental I that was obscuring it and we showed that ipsity the foundation of personal existence was entirely different from an ego or an ego's reference to itself therefore there could be no question to defining consciousness in terms of transcendental ecology in brief consciousness is a concrete and a sui generis being not an abstract and an unjustifiable relation of identity it is ipsity and not the sight of an opaque and pointless ego its being allows transcendental reflection to reach it, and there is a truth of consciousness that does not depend on the other. But is very being, as independent of knowledge, pre-exists its truth. It is being that is the measure of truth because the truth of a reflective intuition is measured by its conformity to being. Consciousness was there before being known. If therefore consciousness affirms itself in the face of the other, it is because it lays claim to the recognition of its being and not of an abstract truth. It is difficult to conceive, in fact, that the ardent and perilous struggle of the master and the slave could have as its only outcome the recognition of so impoverished and abstract a formulation as I am I. Our relation is not a frontal opposition, rather it is an interdependence alongside in so far as I make it the case that a world exists as a structure of equipment of which I make use for the purpose of my human reality. I come to be determined in my being by a being who makes it the case that the same world exists as a structure of equipment for the purpose of his reality. I recognize myself as responsible. For my objecthood, I place the emphasis on my responsibility and I accept it. In a sense, therefore, pride is the first instant resignation. In order to be proud of being that, it is necessary for me first to be resigned to being only that. It is a matter, therefore, of an initial reaction to shame. And it is already a reaction of flight and bad faith, because without ceasing to regard the other as a subject, I try to apprehend myself as affecting the other through my objecthood. In brief, there are two authentic attitudes, the one through which I recognize the other as the subject through whom I come to objecthood, that is shame, and the one through which I apprehend myself as the free project through which the other comes to other being, Now that is pride, for the affirmation of my freedom in the face of the object other, but pride or vanity is a feeling that lacks equilibrium and is in bad faith. The totality of implements is the exact correlative to my possibilities. As I am my possibilities, the order of implements within the world is the image projected into the in itself of my possibilities i e the image of what I am, but I can never decipher this worldly image. I adapt to it in and through my action, the other in so far as he is a subject, finds himself similarly committed within his image, but as so far as I grasp him as an object. On the contrary, it is this worldly image that leaps to sight. The Other becomes the instrument who is defined by his relation with all the other instruments I am ordering, an ordering of my implements which is enclosed within the order that I impose on these implements. To grasp the Other is to grasp the enclosed order and to relate it to a central absence, or interiority, it is to define this absence as a frozen flowing away of the objects in my world toward a determinant object in my universe. In this way, the world announces the other to me in his totality and as a totality. If, in fact, in effect, I do not manage to apprehend myself as an object in reflection, but only as a quasi-object, it is because I am the object that I want to apprehend. I have the nothingness that separates me from myself to be. I cannot escape my ipsity. Nor can I take up a point of view on myself in this way, I do not manage to actualize myself as being, or grasp myself in the form there is my retrieval fails. Because the retrieving part stands in relation to itself as what is retrieved. Everything that is true of me is true of the other. While I attempt to free myself from the other's hold, the other tries to free himself from mine. While I try to enslave the other, the other tries to enslave me. The relations we are concerned here are not at all unilateral relations to an object in itself but reciprocal and shifting relationships. I retain my knowledge of the other's transcendent freedom. This knowledge is a useless annoyance pointing to a reality that is necessarily beyond my reach and revealing that at every moment I am missing it, that in everything I do I am blindfolded, and that my actions— acquires its meaning elsewhere in a sphere of existence from which I am necessarily excluded. I can make someone cry for mercy or beg forgiveness, but I will remain forever ignorant of the meaning of the submission for and in the others' freedom. Having, doing, and being are the fundamental categories of human reality. Every type of human behavior can be subsumed within them. Knowing, for example, is a mode of having. Since the anti-substantialist tendency has won out in the modern philosophy, most thinkers have tried, in the domain of human behavior, to imitate those of their predecessors who replaced substance in physics by mere movement. For a long time, morality aimed to provide man with a means of being is the supreme value of human action to do or to be, and whichever solution we adopt, what becomes of Having ontology ought to be able to advise us in relation to this problem. It is moreover one of its essential tasks. If the for itself is the being that defines itself through action—they come from God, from nature, from my nature, from society. These ready-made and pre-human ends will therefore define the meaning of an act even before I conceive of it, just as my reasons, as pure psychological givens, will give rise to my act without my even noticing—reason, act, and end constitute a continuum, something full. Freedom coincides with the nothingness that lies at man's heart. It is because human reality is not enough that it is free, because it is constantly separating from itself, and because a nothingness separates what it has been from what it is and from what it will be. In short, it is because its present being is itself annihilation in the form of a reflection reflecting. Man is free because he is not an itself by itself presence. Human reality is entirely abandoned without help of any kind to the unbearable necessity of making itself be, right down to the last detail. In this way, freedom is not a being, it is a man's being, his nothingness of being. Since the intention is a choice of the end, the world is revealed through our behavior. It is the intentional intentional choice of the end which reveals the world, and the world reveals itself this way or that, in this order or that, according to the chosen end. The end, which lights up the world, is a state of the world to be obtained, but not already in existence. Empirical and existential psychoanalysis both look for a fundamental attitude in a situation when it cannot be expressed through simple and logical definition, because it is prior to any logic, and which demands to be reconstructed in terms of the laws of specific synthesis. Empirical psychoanalysis seeks to determine the complex whose very name points to the multifaceted character of all the meanings that relate to it. Existential psychoanalysis seeks to determine the original choice. The original choice, which is made in the face of the world and is the choice of a position within the world, is totalizing. Like the complex, the original choice is prior to logic. It chooses the person's attitude in relation to logic and principles, and interrogating it. Therefore, there can be no question of conforming to logic. The original choice gathers together the totality of existent with a pre-logical synthesis, and as such is the center of reference for an infinite number of multifaceted meanings. Reflection represents the project's duplication as it turns back on itself to find itself, at least as a project, and through the failure of this project itself—an amplification of the annihilation hiatus. The cardinal categories of human reality, doing and having, are reduced immediately or immediately to the project of being. Finally, the plurality of each and every one may be interpreted as a last attempt at self-foundation, which leads to the radical separation between being and the consciousness of being. Consciousness is in fact the project to find itself, i.e. to attain the dignity of the in-itself-for-itself, or the in-itself that is its own cause. And there you have it. Being and Nothingness Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it, share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date and the link to this book is in the description below. So Buy it, read, never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And If you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.